welcome to 321 I Relaunch, the podcast where we discuss strategies, advice, and success stories about returning to work after a career break. I'm Carol Fishman Cohen, the chair and co founder of I Relaunch, and your host. Today, we welcome Ellie St. John. Ellie is on the HR leadership team for the Virginia Education Association, representing 40,000 teachers and school professionals in Virginia public schools. She comes to this role after relaunching first as a benefits manager for car lots. Ellie relaunched her career after a nearly 18-year career break, and she wrote to us about how much our book, Back on the Career Track, which was the original guide to career reentry I co-authored with Vivian Steer-Raven that led to our co-founding I Relaunch. And Ellie wrote about how helpful Back on the Career Track was to her and how it influenced her relaunch. Here's what she wrote. In the three years since I read the book, I have relaunched my corporate career, received a promotion, moved companies to a higher paying position, earned three professional certifications, started a master's degree, and will graduate in December with my MHRM. Really amazing. And we were thrilled to hear from Ellie and knew we couldn't wait to get her details on how she accomplished all that has been part of her relaunch. And we're delighted to have her as our guest today. Ellie, welcome to 321 I Relaunch. Thank you, Carol. It's so great to be here. Well, we're so glad you wrote and told us all of those details. And we're very eager to get into this conversation with you, um, not only to talk about a relaunch in the HR, the human resources field, uh, but also your particular journey after the very long career break. So can you please start by telling us about what you did before your career break. Sure. So right before my career break, I was working for a financial software company. It was a very fast-paced place. There was a lot of opportunity. I was there for two years. I had been promoted twice, so basically doubling my salary in those two years. So way back in the summer of 2000, that's when my daughter was born. Unfortunately, there were not a lot of opportunities for moms who had just had babies. Uh, So you either went back to work full-time or you left your job. So at that time, I knew I didn't immediately want to go right back to work, but we needed the health benefits. So my husband, who was working for himself at the time, he started looking around for a job that would provide health benefits. As it turned out, he got a job offer in Virginia, and at the time, we were living in Pennsylvania. So within one year, I had a new baby. I was out of a job. I moved to Richmond, Virginia, where I didn't know a single person, and my husband worked all the time and traveled all the time. Mm -hmm. So I was completely overwhelmed, and I did not rush to get back to work, and my company was not here in Richmond too. I had no contacts. I had no network. So three and a half years after my daughter was born and my son was born. And at that time, my husband was working even more and traveling even more. And I felt even more overwhelmed. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So for the sake of my kids and for my husband's career, I decided not to go back to work. And part of that decision also was because my husband was doing extremely well at his career, and we just did not see how it was going to be possible living in a place where we didn't 
have family support where we could both go full speed with our careers. And so one of us had to make a sacrifice. So we decided that was going to be me. Mm-hmm. And I would say it was a decision that worked out really well. I always joke around that it was three out of four of us benefited (laughs) (laughs) from that decision. Um, I think the the kids um, benefited greatly from it. And my husband had a really fabulous career. Um, And, and uh, so for 75% of us, we're really happy with, with that decision. Yeah, I hear you. And can you tell us then, so you're on this, long career break. It turned out to be 18 years. And you pursued some pretty interesting side gigs and other projects while you were on career break. And I was wondering if you could talk to us about some of those, what they entailed and how you got involved in them. Oh, sure. So I always kind of had to have a side gig because I always thought I I cannot just do like domestic stuff because I'm really, really bad at it. Um, I am terrible at all that stuff like cooking, cleaning, gardening, shopping, decorating, making crafts. (laughs) I'm really bad at all that, but I'm really good at projects. So I did a lot of work on projects over the years. So I kind of started out, we had bought uh, old house. So started out with like doing a house renovation and it turned into two old house renovations that turned into like having a booth at an antiques mall, mm. organized a lot of family trips. And at one time I thought uh, I wanted to be a travel agent because I really enjoyed organizing trips for people. Uh, I did not want to be a travel agent, um, but <laughs> as it turns out, but I wound up getting my Italian dual citizenship, and that was, believe it or not, a two-year major project. Hmm. Um, And then I wound up doing a lot of freelance work in the film industry. And so that was a lot of fun, and that was some major projects that I had worked on, and some were paid and some were unpaid. Um, I produced a film festival here in Richmond called the 48-Hour Film Project, and Hmm. Um, that's an international film film festival. It's in 200 cities around the world, and I brought that to Richmond in 2007. Wow, that was that was a major project. So I sort of did what I felt like I could do over the years, just to be doing some sort of project work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and you're saying some of this you are, you got paid for, and some of it was volunteer or pro bono. That's right. So in the film industry, a lot of independent films are extremely low budget. And so I got to meet a lot of fun people that were doing some fun projects. So worked on a lot of independent films that were unpaid, but also got to work on some some big stuff like HBO's miniseries with uh, John Adams. I got to work on that. So, so some fun things too that, that paid. I always, I always had a side hustle. I always made a little bit of money on the side. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like, how did you first get connected to even start doing those film projects? So it was just something I wanted to do, I guess, in, in my spare time I had, um, when my daughter went to kindergarten, I had really considered going back to work. 
I had started interviewing. I actually received a job offer, and it, it was in my field. Um, I wound up turning it down again just because I I was just overwhelmed, mm-hmm. um, and I did not feel that I would that I was able that I that I could have done it mm-hmm. with the because my son was still really little, mm-hmm. and so I wound up turning that down. But I had to do something, so I started just doing some acting for fun and then quickly realized that my talents were not in acting. Um, they were definitely on the, the production side of the camera. So, so just started working in, you know, commercial videos and some short films and wound up being president of the Virginia Production Alliance. Wow. That's so interesting. Yeah. So just had a, yeah, had a lot of fun with that. And again, it just, it was, it was great. It just did not keep me as busy as I wanted to be with the freelance work. And I didn't always want to have to keep looking for work. I wanted to have the work come to me, something steady. So that's why I kind of said, I really feel like I needed to get back into my corporate career. Got it. So how long did you run the 48 hour film project in in Richmond? I did that for a total of seven years, five, and then took two years off and then went back to it for two more years. Mm. And you, when you wrote to us, you said about three years ago, you picked up our book back on the career track and you talked about how helpful it was to you. And I'm so thrilled to hear that, but I'm very interested in like particular moments in time that turn out to be milestones in relauncher journeys. And I was just wondering, why that moment? Was there something like all of that year where you're like, this is my goal, I'm going to relaunch this year? Or did you happen to like randomly see the book in a library or something? Like sort of what started that whole process? Yeah, so so definitely it was something that I had wanted to do for a long time and, and on and off and thought about it some years more seriously than others. One of the big things was when... Uh, my daughter, the one that was born in 2000, she was graduating high school in 2018. So I felt like, mm-hmm. y- you know, I'm going to go down to half as many kids at home. So I felt like I would be have a lot more, you know, f- free time than I used to have. So I wound up, I think what kind of kicked it all off was I read Lean In by Sheryl Sandberg. Mm-hmm. And I realized at that point that not only did I need to go back to corporate America, but corporate America needed me because we need more women as leaders in the workplace. Mm -hmm. Because when women have leadership roles, good things happen. We really understand the the lives and the journeys of other women. Um, So that I was very inspired by that book. And I started talking about that book with some girlfriends. And one of them mentioned your TED Talk, Carol, about relaunching. Oh, okay. So I watched your TED Talk and then I read the book. So that's sort of how I came to to read the book. And and so it was it was very inspiring and I'm very grateful, you know, that I had women that inspired me because honestly, I don't think 
I would have had the courage to do this if I did not have these inspiring messages. Mm -hmm. You know, there, we all feel so isolated in the process, at least initially. And that's actually one of the beauties of our I Relaunch Return to Work conferences, which now are going to be virtual this fall, but um, have been in person for the 26 times we've run them so far since 2008. And this experience of walking into a room with hundreds of other relaunchers and realizing, oh, I thought I was all alone. And here are all these other people just like me. You know, we, we've tried, we've replicated that to some degree. We have a private Facebook group called the I Relaunch Return to Work Forum. There are about 6,000 active relaunchers in it. And I can, I'm in it too. And we feel that camaraderie there. But having that camaraderie, whether it's meeting with another person or a small group of people every week during the relaunch or just having these like chance encounters, but, you know, with your friend group, like, you you know, you're talking about Cheryl Sandberg's book and someone said, mentioned my TED talk and then that leads you to read the book. And then you, when you're reading the book, you know that there are like, we've spoken to so many relaunchers and worked with so many. I'm just thinking about that piece about feeling like you're not alone and, and how that can propel you. Yeah. Sometimes that's, that's just all it takes is somebody encouraging you to do something and makes you realize you actually can when you hadn't really believed it before. And then how did you figure out your starting point and then ultimately land on HR or human resources strategy as a place where you wanted to be? So I saw, I first saw the posting for Carlotts on LinkedIn, which I think is just the most amazing site for job seekers. Yes. And I knew two of the guys that had founded the company. So of course I reached out to them to let them know that I was interested in the position and they were looking for a payroll and benefits administrator, but they wanted somebody with experience. Mm Mm-hmm. I had experience with insurance, but not with payroll. So I really had to talk myself into the job. (laughs) Uh So they put me in touch with the recruiter and I told the recruiter I had taken several semesters of accounting. I am a math person. I took up to calculus three in college. I am positive I can learn how to do payroll. Uh And the recruiter said, well, I don't know. They really want somebody with like you know, years of experience in payroll. And finally I said, why don't you just give me three hours? And if I don't have this job figured out in three hours, we can just part ways. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) And And the recruiter thought about it and he, and he said, yeah, that's true. How hard can it be? <laughs> oh, that's a great conversation. And um, and so obviously, it it takes a little longer than the three hours to learn payroll from scratch. But I will say that is a really good foot in the door technique. So I kind of gave them an out. Like if if after three hours you feel like. I am not the right person for this job. I will give you this out and there's no hard feelings. And I felt, and I, and I think that gave them sort of a comfort level, like, okay, let's just give this a try. 
I mean, it's kind of extreme, like the three hours is very little amount of time, but the concept, and it's actually a concept that we've built, you know, the, the, the whole returnship idea of, for companies to try and engage with a relauncher for a limited period of time before making the commitment to hiring them it has become a successful model. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, Goldman Sachs in 2008 and also Sara Lee Corporation, and now it's proliferated. Um, and I wrote an article about that, the whole concept in Harvard Business Review called The 40-Year-Old Intern, but it was precipitated on this idea of hiring relaunchers was perceived to be a high-risk proposition. And if you have this trying out period, uh, it, then it takes some of the risk out of it. So you were almost doing a mini version of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you, so essentially they hired you and it was, and you're like, look, if I can't figure this out, you can just we'll part ways and no bad, feel, no, but no bad feelings. That's and right. that, and that you went into it. And then once you got into the job, were you a little worried about like living up to that promise? Or once you got in there and saw it, you were just like, I knew it. I was going to be able to figure this out pretty, pretty quickly. Oh yeah. Immediately. I knew that, that I was going to be fine. Now things, some things had really changed, you know, in corporate America from the last, um, I guess 18 years since I had been there. There were some new technology that I kind of had to um, learn really quickly and act like I knew what it was. <laughs> but fortunately, Microsoft Excel had not changed all that much in the last 18 years, at least like the basics of Microsoft Excel had not changed all that much. Mm -hmm. But some other things had changed, some terminology like onboarding. That was not a word that mm -hmm. I knew. So I had to kind of be like, oh, yes, onboarding. I know what that means. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> being in HR, um, now I know <laughs> extremely well what that means. So like, how did you approach learning that new technology? Uh, just sort of on the job. I'm, I, it's something that I can pick up pretty quickly. It's, and it's pretty intuitive. I think technology now is pretty intuitive. So mm -hmm. if somebody has, you know, an aptitude to learn tech, new technology and is not intimidated by it, they can learn it pretty quickly. Well, what you're saying there is really important. So you, so I'm, we've emphasized this in some of our, our podcasts and certainly with our relauncher community more broadly, the idea of having a fearless attitude toward learning new technology and employers will tell us, they're less concerned about relaunchers already knowing all of the technology going in and more focused on what is their attitude about learning something that they don't know technology-wise. Can they exhibit that fearless attitude? It sounds like you you were doing that. Oh, yeah, that's that's absolutely true. I mean, I, I would not apply for like a programming job if I don't know mm -hmm. a programming language. So I wouldn't recommend that somebody do that. But I mean technology is, is kind of point and click. And so like in the words of the recruiter, how hard can it be? Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's actually dive into that a little bit more because you've done as some significant academic updating before and since you have relaunched. And I wanted to know if you could share with our audience how you decided which courses to take and now I know that you're working on a ma master's degree at the same time that, that you're working, and maybe you can also talk about that in a little bit, but 
initially, what were some of the courses or certifications that you focused on and how was it going back to school to complete those? Okay, sure. So I realized pretty quickly after I started working for Carlotts that I absolutely loved human resources and that everything that I've ever done in my past career and in life kind of ties back into HR. So I made the decision back then and I went, um, started working for Carlotts in February of 2018 that I decided then that I'm going to go full steam ahead in that direction. So the first thing that I did was got, um, it's called an Associate Professional in Human Resources Certification, an APHR. Mm -hmm. And I went with that one first because it didn't have a work experience requirement. Like a lot of other ones, you have to have a certain number of years of work experience in order to sit for the exam. But this one, it was basically you just study for the exam and and pass. And so that's that was the first one that I did because I could do that right away. So I wound up passing that exam. And then the next certification that I got was the SHRM Certification Society of Human Resource Management Certified Professional. So I got that as soon as I had the work experience that was necessary to sit for that exam. Also wound up getting certified as um, Scrum Master, which was Scrum was not a term that I had heard <laughs> and because I wanted to learn about um, how to work on teams and sort of this agile framework. So that was that was really interesting and kind of make myself more marketable to employers. Uh, and, and that was not a certification that needed um, a certain year, amount of years of work experience. So I was able to just get that certification. And then I decided that I love HR so much that I actually could do research on it. I actually could read scholarly essays about it and write two to three page papers or, or more on it. So I decided that I was going to get my master's degree in human resources. Mm -hmm. And I had never, I, I guess I had always kind of thought in the back of my mind, Maybe I want to get a master's degree, but but not working full time. It was really hard to justify all that time and expense when right. you know what's the point? What am I going to do with a master's degree? So I couldn't really ever justify it. But now that I'm actually back in my career, now I could justify it. So. I'm very fortunate that I live close to the University of Richmond and they have a, a master's in HR program. So wound up in January of 2019, I signed up for their master's program and I will, um, I'm actually in my final semester. So I'll graduate with my MHRM uh, this December. Congratulations. Thank that's, you. That's a milestone for sure. So are you saying this is pre-COVID, of course, you were actually going to courses in person as part of this program, or was it with some of it online? Yes, it was actually in person. Um, so I signed up in, in January of 2019, I signed up for two classes. So two nights a week, uh, I was going to, I was actually going to class. Um, those were some really hard months, um, so two nights a week of class, and then basically homework all weekend long. Mm -hmm. And were you an empty nester at this point, or do you, do you still have responsibilities at home? 
Yes, yeah, still, um, my son is, um, he's in high school, mm-hmm. so he's still home. So, um, and my husband has been extremely supportive as far as um, just taking on a lot of the cooking while I'm in class and driving yeah. my son to his activities. So he's just picked up a lot of the slack. And fortunately, my husband's not traveling as much as he used to. Even before COVID, he had uh, really been able to cut back a lot on his traveling for his job. So it all kind of lined up that it was a good place in life for me, finally, to um, (laughs) to focus on my career. So that has worked out. But yes, it was definitely, um, I, I definitely front loaded the classes. So it was a lot to take on at the beginning. But I also feel kind of like I had to hurry up and get this done because I almost feel, and I don't know why I feel this way, but I struggle a lot with the feeling that I'm 20 years behind where I should be in my career or or where I would have been Mm -hmm. if I had had a continuous career. So for me, that's, that's a daily struggle because I, I don't recommend anybody do this, but looking at other people my age, you know, who have had continuous careers, you know, who went back to work right after their kids were were born and seeing where they are at, in their career and seeing that they've, you know, made it to the VP level or CEOs of companies. And, and so that to me is a very hard thing to reconcile with. Yes. And so it's, it's, it's very, it's been very tough for me. If I heard somebody else saying this, I'd have all sorts of great advice <laughs> for them uh-huh. and, and encouragement for them, you know, about all the good things that they've done and, and you know, um, they did what they had to do for their, you know, family. And, but, you know, I think it's, it is hard to take your own advice and it is hard to, to appreciate some of the things that you, that I've done for me. Yeah, I, you know, this is a really important topic for relaunchers. And you'll hear people say, you know, I read the alumni notes of people who I went to school with who didn't take career breaks. And I see where they are now um, versus where I am. And, you know, I, I I definitely feel either a sense of loss or I, you know, I, I, I you know, I'm just sort of comparing um, and thinking about maybe what my life would have been like if I hadn't taken the career break. And that's always going to be uh, an issue for relaunchers, regardless of why they took their career breaks. Um, and it, it's a point of reflection and discussion for sure. So I'm, I appreciate you bringing that up. It's, it's, a, it's a vulnerable spot for sure. It is, but I imagine that people who have made the choice to go right back to work. They, they probably struggle with it too on, on the opposite end. So I don't think there's any, I don't think there's any right answer. You know, I think you just, you do what you have to do at the, at the time, what, you know, what you feel is right, the right choice, you know, for, for you and for your family. And, but I guess that's why I feel like I'm in such a hurry and why I've done all this in the, in the past two and a half years. So, 
But it's interesting, Carol, when you first told me you wanted to interview me for this because you wanted to talk to me about my relaunch success story. Um, yes. I, I almost said, oh, no, like, oh, no, 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 I'm, I'm not a success story. <laughs> uh, I'm not, you know, I, I'm not where I want to be in my career. So, and then I started thinking, well, am I successful? You know, did I have this? Um, maybe, maybe mm-hmm. I actually did. And and I was like, well, okay, if Carol says I'm a successful relaunch, <laughs> who am I to disagree with the expert on relaunchings? So anyway, I, I so appreciate your, your saying that because, um, because I, I didn't really think of myself as, um, as being successful. I think of myself as... Um, looking at where I feel like I should be and like looking at that gap of where I am now and, you know, and that CHRO role. <laughs> and, uh, and, and sometimes I just focus on that, but I think it's, it's good to, for me to focus on the successes that I've had so far. So thank you for that. Well, I, I so appreciate you talking about it in that way, because you really bring to the forefront, like what's the definition of success? And and how do we define success for ourselves? You know, when we're looking at relaunch success stories and we see uh, like a career journey like yours where you have relaunched your career and we'll talk in a minute, you've been promoted, you change roles and and you can talk about that. Uh, You change employers too. After an 18 year career break, we look at that as a relaunch success story to be sure. So we could do a whole separate podcast on the definition of success view it but can you talk to us about your career progression and where you started versus what you're doing now and how that all came about sure so um like i said i started with carlotts around the beginning of 2018 and that was a startup environment there was a lot to do um you know roll up your sleeves and get it done so there, there was that was great there was a lot to do so i went from basically just a transactional role, processing payroll, processing benefits. I went from that to actually working very closely with one of the founders of the company on policies, on procedures, on process improvement. And so wound up getting a pretty sizable promotion because of that. Ultimately, I wanted to take on more of a HR generalist role. Mm-hmm. And uh, the opportunity came up at the Virginia Education Association. And so that's what I'm doing now. I get to touch pretty much all aspects of HR in my role now. Um, So I have been with the VEA about a year and a half now. So Ellie, for our audience, and many of whom may be less familiar with human resources, you mentioned you're a human resource generalist and you touch all these different areas of HR. Can you give us some examples of what some of those areas are? Sure. So I still, in my current role, work a lot with the employee benefits, uh, not so much with the payroll, but what I'm doing more of now is more of the comprehensive HR functions like recruiting, 
the employee relations and engagement. Um, I have to do some investigations. If there's a complaint, I work a lot with technology, the human resource information systems, um, policies and procedures, compensation. So a lot of the other broader um, human resource functions. Excellent. Thank you. That, that's very helpful. I, because sometimes you hear the words HR generalist and, and you don't even understand what some of those specifics are. So thank you for elaborating on that. So as we're closing out, I, at the beginning of our conversation, you were saying when you first read Lean In, you were thinking not only did, were you, did you want to go back to work, but corporate America needed you. And I wanted to know in part because you're a human resources professional and also you're a relauncher, what do you want employers to know about the relauncher talent pool? Well, I think that if recruiters are not hiring relaunchers, they are really missing out on top talent, especially right before COVID when the job market was really tight. Um, it was very hard to hire people. Recruiters would say all the time, oh, we can't find people. And they're just not looking in the right spots or they're just not looking for the right people. Um, I think that they were looking for people just to check these boxes with experience. And if you if these recruiters are not looking at relaunchers that they're really missing out. So for all the reasons that you've mentioned in the past, Carol, that relaunchers are so fresh and so hungry to restart their careers, mm-hmm. uh, that so much life experience that quite frankly, for me, the corporate world, um, I have never found anything in the corporate world half as challenging as it has been to to raise kids. So mm-hmm. I feel like I can do anything <laughs> in the corporate world. Um, I feel like I can tackle any problem or challenge without getting, you know, flustered and I, and I can just do it because I've done so much in my personal life. So I think as an HR person, I can teach someone how to do payroll, for example, but I can't teach someone initiative. I can't teach someone how to be unflappable. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what those transferable skills are what relaunchers have. So for me as an HR professional, my challenge is going to try to think of how relaunchers can package this and actually put things from their corporate gaps onto their resumes. So for example, if you have teenagers, you're trying to motivate unmotivated and uncooperative people on a daily basis. <laughs> At least I am. <laughs> that is a skill. <laughs> um, you know, if you have coached your spouse through some really difficult work situations and helped them reach the pinnacle of their career, that is a skill. Um, if you have had to move many times for your spouse's work. You are extremely flexible and adaptable. That is a skill. So that is what relaunchers have been doing. Those are such in-demand workplace skills. How do we communicate that 
on the resume. And that is what I need to think about and, and convince recruiters as a whole. Great, great messaging for employers and we, for the employers in our audience. So thank you, Ellie. So uh, we're going to wrap up now. And I want to ask you the question we ask all of our podcast guests, and that is, what is your best piece of advice for our relauncher audience, even if it's something that we've already talked about today? Yeah, well, I think the hardest part is just getting started um, in the relaunch, just to get started. And especially if you don't know where to start, because, you know, these days we hear a lot about passion and just do something. What are you passionate about? Well, what if you don't have a passion? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I certainly did not. So my sister read this book by Elizabeth Gilbert called Big Magic. Um, mm. And she had mentioned it. And, and the book talks about w- what is your curiosity? What are you curious about? And just follow your curiosity. And so HR was always something I was curious about. And so I sort of just went in that direction because it was always a curiosity of mine. It was not a passion at the time, but it is now. It has developed into a passion. I am absolutely passionate about HR. So my advice is don't feel like you have to have a passion to get started. Just just get started. Just just start with your curiosity and follow that. Great advice uh, for our relauncher audience. Thank you so much. Ellie, thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, Carol. It's been such an honor to be here. Well, I love having the conversation with you. And thanks for listening to 321 I Relaunch, the podcast where we discuss strategies, advice, and success stories about returning to work after a career break. I'm Carol Fishman Cohen, the chair and co-founder of iRelaunch and your host. For more information on iRelaunch conferences and events, to sign up for our job board, to access our return to work tools and resources, go to iRelaunch.com. And if you like this podcast, be sure to rate it on iTunes and your favorite podcast platform. And be sure to share this podcast with a friend on Facebook, Instagram, and other social media. Thanks for joining us. 